0: you because I did not receive those from brother Parker I think he accidentally left them back here on a computer and didn't take him with him so he was not able to get them to me so we apologize for that so you get to hear me (laughs) praise God hallelujah hallelujah somebody say amen or oh me one or the other (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hope, I hope the only one saying, oh me, is the devil. Amen. 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 So we are going to talk about this month, about overcoming pride. And so I'm hoping and praying and believing that whatever it is that I'm going to go with over with you tonight... As a precursor to what Brother Parker is going to teach off of his lesson that he's going to hand out, that this will just kind of, kind of fall into place with what he's already gotten on his thing that he's already worked on, you know, well in advance. So I just believe that God is just going to kind of blend these together, give us a good something to start with. So, amen. Just pray for me. Amen. And God's going to do a great thing in this place. Amen. And so we're going to go to the book of Proverbs chapter 8 in verse 12 and 13. Proverbs 8, 12 and 13. I'll give you a minute to get there. Amen. It's been such a privilege to fill in for Brother and Sister Parker to allow them the opportunity to be down there with Martha and Marcus at this crucial time. And, um, you know, family is important. It's, God gave us our families. Amen. And our families are important. Amen. And so it, amen. I'm, I'm thankful for families. I wouldn't be here if there wasn't one ahead of me. And so our families are important. Amen. Amen. And so it's, it's been a blessing to them. I'm sure, I'm quite sure that it's been a blessing to them to be down there and to hold that baby. Amen. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that's really the only reason they were down there. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not. That'd be one good reason, be it one of the top, top five anyway, to hold that baby. I mean, cause that's your, that's your, your heritage. Children are in heritage from the Lord. Amen. And, and it talks about grandchildren. And, and so to know that we are, you know, in their case and in my wife and I's case, we, we raised our sons as they raised Martha in truth. And it could have gone the other way if they hadn't have found truth first. So so our sons and and Martha, they're first-generation Pentecostals, and so their children are all, that's all they know. So, you know, we've got to pass this thing on. You know, in the Old Testament, and in Deuteronomy, it talks about that. You know, talking about it when you're going to sleep, talking about it when you're waking up, talking about it all the time in front of your children, and passing it on to them. And so... Amen. We This generation that we have that just had the Youth Congress, they have what they have because somebody gave that to them. Somebody put that in them. Somebody put some tools in their toolbox. Amen. And they're just now getting to the age where they're going to start using those tools. Amen. And I'll never forget the story I read or heard a preacher on a tape, I think it was, talking about a, a group of young people that were like Jesse's age and a little bit older that were in a mall and they... They ended up in a situation where they had a, a young lady that they were praying for that was sick and something happened and one, one of the young people was praying and this young person got healed right there in the mall. And it was like there was EMT there or something like that and, and just the faith of those young people, you know, that there was no adults present. It was just all young people and God used their faith. He'll use anybody's faith if we'll just, do it. Did you already start the recording? Okay. Praise God. Romans, or excuse me, Proverbs 8, 12, and 13 says, I, wisdom. Who is that? When he's saying, I, wisdom, who's speaking? That's God speaking. Amen. Dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty or, that word witty is evil plans, uh, schemes, or plots. So, I, wisdom, Dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of, of evil plans and evil inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride, that if you notice there right after the word evil, there's a colon. So what's after the colon is describing what's before the colon. What kind of evil? Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Amen. So we're going to talk about Pride. We're going to introduce this subject of overcoming pride tonight. And as I was thinking about this lesson, as I was praying about it and putting it down on paper, I got to thinking about pride. There's actually <coughs> a positive aspect of pride. You know, we take pride in our church building, keeping it clean and keeping it looking nice so that when people come in here, it's not to impress them with our building, but that they have a nice, clean orderly place to come in and have church amen we take pride in our in how we look and when we dress ourselves and we stand in front of the mirror and we say okay i look good and we walk out the door and so there's a good positive pride that we can have pride in the fact that we know that we are god's chosen people and it's not a haughty pride it's not a selfish pride but it's a good pride it's positive amen and so there's so from that aspect there's nothing wrong with some good positive pride in our life, being proud of who we are, proud of our heritage. We were talking about heritage up here. And so there's nothing wrong with that, but this kind of pride is that we're talking about tonight as we read in the Scripture is talking about evil, something evil, something that is not pleasing to God. Because he said right here, pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. So, to me, that's kind of tying all those things in together. Pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the forward mouth are all tied in together with pride. It's all kind of a, they're all byproducts of one thing. And so we've got to be careful about that pride. Isaiah says, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 13, 11, says, I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will cause the arrogance of the proud to cease. And I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. And if we were to go back and do a study just in the Old Testament of all the situations that have happened in the Old Testament where where we talk about kings and leaders that God that were chosen of God, that were evil kings. If you read the book of Kings and the books of Chronicles, you're talking about the the, the next king would come up and the Bible would say, and this king did not walk in, in his father's footsteps, but he walked in an evil way. And so there was kings that came up, leaders over God's people that had let pride get in the way in their in their leadership, amen? And so that pride caused them to do evil things and to mistreat the people of God and And eventually those guys were taken out. Sometimes God used their own people to take them out. While they slept at night, he'd have them go in and just literally like take them out. Amen. And so that spirit of pride has been in this world for a long, long, long time. And uh, somebody said one time to me, or I heard it preached, that it was because of pride that the devil and his angels got kicked out of heaven. And that could be true to some extent, but really it was more of, if you really study it out, the devil didn't like the fact that he had to obey God. He wanted to make his own decisions. He didn't want to be submitted to the one that created him. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven. He was known for his beauty, and he, he was the musician. He was in charge of the music. And all those things. And but he wanted to have his own way, and he wanted to exalt himself above God. Amen. And that I guess you could say, in a sense, that was his pride, but it was more than that. It was it was a uh that that word arrogance we talked about, that arrogant spirit that said, I don't have to listen to you, God. I can make my own decisions. And we've got to be cautious and careful of that same spirit. That the enemy, even, even with Adam and Eve, he was, he used his subtleness to cause Eve to say, you know what? I know God said that, but, you know, that, that does look good to the eyes, and it's, and it's, it seems like if you ate that, it would make one wise, and so he got them to think, and he got her to think, and you know, I, I can make my own decisions. Even though God said this, I can make my own decisions. And what happened when she made her own decision? They were they were kicked out of the king. They were kicked out of the garden. Over one decision. Like I heard one preacher preach, the decision that you made that you didn't know you were going to make. Amen? Decision that I made twenty-six or twenty-seven years ago sitting in a church about this size with my wife and my two little babies. And looked at her and said, either we're going to do this or we're not going to do this. But we're going to stop going back and forth and can't make up our mind if we're going to come to church faithfully or not come to church faithfully. And it took us a while once we got into church to finally make that decision. But we, had, we came to a place where we said, we're going to make a decision. We're going to do this. If it means we got to lose some friends, if it means we got to have some lonely times, so be it. And so we made that decision. This is the best decision we ever made. We had the opportunity to make the other decision, but we didn't let our pridefulness and our and our self will and our and our desire to want to do what we want to do. You know, one one preacher said the same thing that that what did he say? The same thing that puts that you want, think you got to give up to go to heaven is the same thing that it's going to be the same thing if you go to hell. So. So we got to get our mind right. We got to we got to get let our get our our human selfish pride out of the way. And the enemy knows that that's in us. And so he tries to work on that and he his little suggestions come into our mind and causes us to to want to have our own way. And so God said through the prophet Isaiah that he would punish the world for their evil. And so there's going to be evil in this world. Anybody anybody experience any evil today? Amen. Every day. Amen. You don't have to venture very far out your front door to see some evil in this world. And so God's going to take care of that. We can't let ourselves, Sister Barb, get focused on the evil that's going on around us. It's there. It's in the media. They're talking about it. But like I said, we've got to become excited. The more we see in the news, the more we hear about the things that are going on in this world, the more that we know that there's coming a day. You know, there was a build-up, I believe, on to the day of Pentecost. There was a build-up because once they put Jesus on the cross, every I, I believe that there was just like a, a stirring among the people. They didn't something. They knew something was going to happen, but they weren't exactly sure what. And then Jesus came and told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem. And they submitted themselves and they went to that place for, till however long it took. Amen. For the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to come into their lives and for the promise of the Father to come. And so I believe the same thing is happening today. We are at a period of time where something is bubbling. Uh, just under the surface and, and it's getting to be exciting and where you can feel something's coming you can just you just feel it in, in all the wickedness and all the protests and all the things that are going on. you just know that the Lord is getting ready to come back for his church and so it's an exciting time amen i'm I'm excited about being in in this particular time amen we were chosen to be in this time in history in the history of the church in the history of the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we are going to be a part of the greatest revival that there's ever, that's been talked about for years. The great, that great outpouring. That harvest where the, the planters are going to overtake the reapers. There's going to be so many being added. Amen. It's just an exciting time. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. See if I can get there before she does. I was there already. <laughs> 15 through 17 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. In the, in the Amplified Bible, it says, Do not love or cherish the world or the things that are in the world. And that word love there is... The word agape, agapao. Amen. If any loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. Here's what the lust of the flesh is. Craving for sensual gratification, the human will and nature. And the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind. And the pride of life, assurance in one's own resources, or in the stability of earthly things. That's what the pride of life is. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. The world system. Not just the world around us. Not not the, the cosmos, but the world around us. The, the worldly system that, that we operate among every day. And the world passes away and disappears. And with it the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lusts. Of it, but he who does the will of God carries out His purposes in his life, and his life abides and remains forever. And I said that word love, that first word love. Do not love or cherish the world. That word is agapao, a g a p a o, and it's to esteem, to love, to indicating a direction of the will and finding one's joy in something or someone. And if we don't live in a world where people are finding their joy in something or someone in this day and age, it's never been like this ever before that I can remember. You know, people are running to everything, to sports and video games, and, and they, they want to download the next game on their phone. And I, I get those, those prompts on my phone to do that stuff, and I have to just keep pushing that stuff away because I know if I don't, it'll steal my time. And so the enemy is trying very subtly to steal my time with that stuff. So I have to be careful. We have to be careful. Because that, in, this, in essence, that's our pride. That's our greed. that's our assurances of our own resources and our stability in earthly things. I got this. That pride of, I, I'm in control of my life. I got this. I, I can head games and I don't have to worry about it. It's not going to get me. And that's, you know, your famous last words. That second word, love, there, where it says, If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That love is almost like the, the other love, but it's a little different. It's agape. We've all heard that word, agape, right? And that's affectionate regard, goodwill, benevolence, with reference to God's love. It is God's willful direction toward man. It involves God doing what he knows is best for man and not necessarily what man desires. It's not about what makes us happy necessarily. It's not about our desires. It's not about our will. It's not about us. It's not about what we like or what we want or what makes us feel good. God's will is not always going to be about that. It's going to be about doing what he knows is best for man. And if you've ever raised children, or if you've ever been a child, everybody in here has been a child. There was some stuff your mom and dad did in your life that you said, ah, that's, I'm, I don't like that. And they, what did they say? Mama knows best. Papa knows best. You don't understand right now, but someday you will. <laughs> hey, I may have heard that. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. What were they trying to do in our life? They were trying to cause us to see that just because we see something and we want it doesn't mean it's the best thing for us. And what was feeding that in us, our human pride, our human desire to want what we want? So we got to be careful of that. And that word will at the end there where it says, but he who does the will of God. That, that Greek word, I'm not going to try to say it, but it says not to be conceived as a demand, but as an expression or an inclination of pleasure towards that which is liked, that which pleases and creates joy. the will of God, right? When it, denotes, when, it when it denotes God's will, it signifies his gracious disposition towards something used to designate what God himself does of his own good pleasure. So what he's doing in our life sometimes is for his own good pleasure but not necessarily for our own good pleasure. And so we might have to be we might feel like we're going through some stuff. But he's he's working some things in our life. He's working some things out of our life maybe. Maybe he's trying to get some stinking pride out of our life. Maybe he's trying to get some arrogance out of our life through the trials and the tests that we have to go through. Amen. If you look if you read if you study about the apostle Paul, Peter, all these apostles, if you study the old testament, all these great men of God and women of God that that did great things for God, Joseph had sat in prison for twelve years, had to go through some stuff to work on his character. And one of those traits that was in his character was that stinking pride. He was still carrying that that arrogance and that pride and that envy and all that, that those things, those feelings about his brothers, and God had to work those things out of him before he could elevate him to a position of authority and leadership. Amen? And so pride is kind of the root, in my opinion, of of a lot of those things. That stinking pride, that that thing in us that says in and that word iniquity in the in the Bible, and I believe in the New Testament it means lawlessness or being a law unto yourself. And that, that goes right back to what? Pride. So if you are a law unto yourself, you are lawless. Because you don't the law of God doesn't dictate in your life. So when we submit ourselves and let the law of God dictate in our life, then pride's not going to be a problem. Arrogance is not going to be a problem. Right? Amen? Amen. So what it is, is it's all about what pleases the Lord that should be our focus. It's all about what pleases the Lord that should be our focus. Is it always our focus? Not always. We want it to be. I desire it to be. I wake up every day and, and, you know, one of the, the scriptures that I pray is that, that I am your workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I'm your workmanship. I can't even breathe today without you. I need you more than you need me. And so it's all about what pleases him. What can I do to please the father? Amen. What child doesn't want to please his father? And feel that feeling and hear those words from their father of, you did a good job, son, or daughter, you did a good job. That was a great job you did playing that instrument or playing on that sport or whatever, whatever it is, you did a great job cutting the grass and you look out there and there's not a straight line in the yard, but you want to encourage them to be able to go out there and do it again. So you don't, you don't be critical. You just say, that's a good job. It was their first or second time and you're going to get better at it as you go and you keep them encouraged. Amen. So it's about pleasing the father. We are operating in the Uh, We are operating in pride when we are seeking to feed and satisfy our human nature and to satisfy our own lusts and will. And sometimes we hear that word lust, and we it's more of like a desire, okay? You know, we think of lust, we think of maybe sexual things. But lust can be also a desire for something, a desire for power, we have politicians that have that pride in them, that desire that power, that money, that influence, and all those things, and we've got to be careful that that spirit doesn't get on us. And, and we, you know, we can, that spirit can, will come right into the church. It'll come right into our people. There, you know, people that are desiring politicking for positions and things like that. Those things are happening in, for real. And so that spirit, the, the, the enemy is not just leaving us alone because we say we're apostolic and filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. We're just putting, painting a target on our back, right? And he's coming after us, amen. And so we got to be careful. We got to be um, cautious, and we got to be we got to know our enemy's tactics. Obadiah chapter three. Or excuse me, Obadiah chapter one. Verse three and four Obadiah chapter one verse three and four The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou hast that thou dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Is that a prideful, arrogant attitude or what? Who's going to bring me down? Because I'm in the cleft of the rock. I'm in a safe place. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and thou, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. He was talking about Edom. And Edom was the nation that came out of Esau, the, the brother of Jacob. And Edom had gotten themselves to a place where they thought they had everything together. And they thought they had themselves lifted up. And they thought nothing could touch them. Nothing could bother them. And, and we live in this mountainous area where we've got, we're have got we in the cleft of the rock. And we've got protection on this side, protection on this side. And nothing and nobody can hurt us or harm us or bother us. That was their attitude. And God was sending the man of God, the, the prophet, and saying, Yeah, you might be in the cleft of the rock and you might think you're up there high with the eagles, but I'm going to bring you down. And he did. And it was all about their pride. They got so prideful and lifted up and arrogant that they thought they had everything under control. If you notice all in all these scenarios, the ones that start getting away from submitting themselves to God and trusting in God and and putting their life on the line and doing what pleases God, those are the ones that end up in this area of pride. And those are the ones that God destroys. Amen? And we might think we're getting away with some stuff. We might think that we're that what we're doing in our attitudes that God doesn't notice, but He notices. And He might let us go for a while. Judgment might not be swift, but it will be sure, I guarantee you. Amen. And I, I would rather be found to, to, to finding myself in a place of humility where I'm saying, Okay, God, I, I acknowledge there's some pride in my life. Help me to work on that and get that out of my life. And that's where it starts with humility, humbling ourselves. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We don't we can't skip over that part and just say resist the devil he'll flee from you. First you got to humble yourself. You got to lay down your stinking pride, you got to lay down your attitude and you're thinking that you can do this. Right? Without him we can do nothing. Amen. God had some very unique ways to let a person know that they were treading on ground where they didn't belong. Ground that their, where their pride and their arrogance had taken them. If we go to the book of Daniel chapter 5 verse 17. Anybody remember the story of Belshazzar? Amen. Who was Belshazzar? Who was his father? Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. And so what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? Well, we're going to read about it. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself. In this scenario, what had Belshazzar done? He had gone out and got all the cups and the chalices of, of, the, of God, and he had brought them in and had a party with them. And this was, this was whose son again? Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar's son. And he says, Let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet will I read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. And we're going to go through 24. O thou king, thou most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honor. God gave it to Nebuchadnezzar. And for for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, whom he would, he slew, and whom he would, he kept alive. And whom he would, he set up, and whom he would, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride, he was dep- deposed. What, what happens when you depose a leader? They're gone. Right? Deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beasts, and he and his dwellings with the wild asses, and they fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the most, until he knew, God kept him in that state. God will put you in, in a bad place if you don't acknowledge your pride and get rid of it. Until he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of man, and that he Pointeth over it whomsoever he will, and thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thy heart. Thou, though thou knowest, knewest all this. Even though you knew all this, you had this backstory to look back at and say, "Oh man, I mean, how can you forget when your father goes into the woods for seven years and eats like an animal and grows hair like an animal, and then comes out of that and says?" God is God, and I am not. How do you forget that? But hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of the house of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver, of gold and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not nor hear, nor know. And so we've got to be careful. This is a unique story that in the fact that he had something to look back on that let him know if, if you go down this road, something like this or worse could happen to you. And we've seen people, some of us know people in our life that are no longer serving the Lord and we know that what really got, when it came right down to brass tacks, what really got them was their pride. They're an unwillingness to submit to God. And we've watched the destruction in their life. We've got these, we've got these testimonies, if you want to call them that, to let us know that God doesn't play. Amen. Pride cometh before a fall, right? And a haughty spirit, right? I mean, we could just spend all night in the book of Proverbs on that word pride, right? Amen. Our problem is, is that we get focused on ourselves and on this world and what it has to offer and pleasing ourselves and we begin to forget, just like Belshazzar did. How easily and quickly we forget about what it is that we need in our lives or that we don't need in order that we might be pleasing to Him and fulfill whatever His good pleasure is. What can I do to please you today, Father? Lord, what can I do in my life to please you today? What is it that's not pleasing you? Help me to put it down. You know, there's no reason, there's no reason why you can't ask for some help. He doesn't expect us to do it all by ourselves. We couldn't get to the altar all by ourselves. We couldn't even get in the church door all by ourselves. No man comes unto him except he draws them. So we couldn't even say we couldn't even get to the church house and get to the altar and be baptized by ourselves. We needed God. Amen. Psalms uh, 51, 17 says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Who wrote that? King David. Amen. What was he talking about? What was he referring to? Everything that happened in his life as a result of flesh, pride. I'm the king. I can do what I want. Okay? I'm an adult. I can do what I want. Anybody ever said that before? When you suddenly became an adult at 21, you said, I'm an adult. You might not have said the words, but you thought it. I'm an adult now. I can do what I want. When I was 18 years old. Me and my twin brother said the same thing. We can do what we want. And my dad said, that's right. There's the door. (laughs) You don't want to live by my rules in my house? There's the door. Because of what? My stinking pride. My brother and I, we thought we had it good. We went and got an apartment. Didn't get a job. Didn't pay rent. Wouldn't you know it. The landlord kicked us out. He was a friend of my dad's. It was like... You're my dad's friend. How could you do this? You're not paying the rent. I don't even know who paid the utilities. I can't. I honestly don't remember. But the Lord let me go out and live on the street for about nine months so I could learn my lesson. And I, you say, oh, the Lord wasn't in that. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. We just, I didn't think he was. I didn't know God then. But God was orchestrating my life. Thank God for that lesson that I learned. Thank God I got over that pride. But you know what? That pride will come back if you don't keep it at bay. you got to keep it at bay. So we got to be careful of religious pride. Mark 2, verse 16. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Ooh. Oh, ooh, he's eating with publicans and sinners. Oh, right. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I came to hang out with the sinners. Those self-righteous Jewish religious people were they were just like that. Oh, oh, oh ooh, ooh. how can you be even near standing next to a sinner? Much less sitting at a table eating with them. Ooh, Anybody ever felt that about somebody in this world today? Oh, that guy stinks. Oh, oh, oh. Nobody's ever felt that. we got to be careful. That pride can come to us in so many different ways. It's so subtle. We can have religious pride in who we are to the point where we won't even talk to another individual. And you just never know. That, that guy that's in the UN, what's his name? Art Wilson? That's in Flint, Michigan. The first guy God told him to talk to when he went to Flint, Michigan was a gang leader. It was a drug dealer. And that guy's one of the most faithful people in his church to this day. But he had to get past his pride and go out there and, and have a little, he's like, uh, somebody else maybe? He, he said, he testified, he tried to tell God, maybe somebody else, not that guy. God said, no, that guy, you know, and he he didn't know that guy was going to be a leader, sister. He didn't know. So you never know who you're talking to, what God's already got planned in their life, their their destiny's already planned out. We just got to get them in here, get them full of the Holy Ghost and let God do the rest. We don't get them full of the Holy Ghost. He does. Amen. Proverbs six, verse 16 through 19 says these six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Why is pride the first thing on the list? Anybody notice that? A proud look. That kind of haughty look like. I'm somebody. <laughs> right? Anybody ever seen somebody walk around strutting their stuff like that? Amen. We've got to be careful. Take heed, the Bible says, if you think you stand, lest you fall. Don't get yourself all, all thinking that you're all that in a bag of chips, is what he's saying. In the Amplified, verse 17 says, A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself... And underestimate others. That's what pride well, what a good definition of pride. That makes you overestimate yourself, think you're more than you are, and underestimate others. Amen. Because what does the Bible say? God's gonna promote one and bring He's gonna bring one up and bring another one down, and it might be you, the one He brings down. So we gotta be careful. Amen got to be careful about this pride. One last scripture and then we're done, okay? Malachi 4, 1 and 2 says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. Sister Barb, the day's coming. The earth's going to melt with a fervent heat. The day is coming. We know it's coming. The book says so. Right? And all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be stubble. Stubble. That's like those little tiny little pieces of grass out there after you cut the grass. Stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with the healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves in the st- of the stall. There's an advantage, there's a blessing and an advantage of putting yourself under authority to the Son, the one that saved us. Amen? Amen? There wasn't a prideful spirit in in Jesus in his whole entire life. He was the perfect man that walked on this earth. The almighty God that walked on this earth as a perfect man. Amen? Amen? And so we've got to follow His example. Where where do we get His example? All through the, old, the New Testament. Wr- the writings of Paul. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So the only writing that Jesus ever did in the Bible was where? In the dirt. And it got blown away that day. So all the writings were done by the disciples. And so we've got to follow them. Amen. Let's be careful about pride and looking forward to hearing from Brother Parker, having him back, having Sister Parker back. Amen. It's so good to to be able to be here and to introduce this lesson. And I'm looking forward to to the expounding of this by Brother Parker. So as we go from this place tonight, Father, we love you.